Hello and welcome to the Ideal Nutrition Podcast. I am Leah Heigl and I'm here with my co-host Aidan Muir and today is part two of our three-part series all about nutrition for fat loss. So in part one we discussed the concept of calories in versus calories out, how to figure out how many calories you need for fat loss and just a bit of troubleshooting as well. Um, And then today we're going to actually cover why people might report being on low calories and that not working for them. So that's something we commonly come across. So we'll go over that in, in detail. We'll go over protein intake and its effect on body composition whilst you are going through a fat loss phase. Uh, We'll go over low carb versus low fat for fat loss, uh, and then also briefly touch on how hormones play a role in fat loss as well, although we have done a full episode on that. So we're going to start with why do people report low calories not working? And like, I don't like talking about this too much because like partly it's just not, it's a negative topic. Like it is a negative topic. I don't really like talking about it, but it is something that needs to be addressed because understanding this concept takes a bit of a handbrake off when you're trying to lose weight or lose body fat if you think going so too low calorie could prevent you from losing fat if you aren't losing fat you have a question in your mind being like am i on too high calories or too few calories understanding that it's never too few calories is helpful just because it means okay that's not the issue i know that if i did want to lose body fat i'd have to either reduce calorie intake or increase energy expenditure so why do people report this occurring the starting point is that it never happens in the research where all the meals are provided. I like to use that as a starting point because it's like, this isn't just a couple of studies or small sample size or anything like that. We have a lot of research on this. In in the research, we have a lot of research where all the meals are provided. Every time people are put onto low calories in a controlled environment, weight loss happens like crazy. There's countless examples of this. So it's like, we, we know this just factually that low calories equals weight loss. That doesn't, say, that doesn't mean low calories is a good idea, but we know that it works for just solely looking at weight loss. So why does it happen in the real world? I don't want to speculate too much because there's a variety of reasons that it could happen. But one of the simplest ways I can phrase it is in the real world, not everything is controlled and we also don't see everything. I don't want to speculate on individual cases because like, a friend could say, hey, I was eating 800 calories per day and didn't lose any weight. Why did that happen? And it's like, well, I, I wasn't there. <laughs> like, I didn't. Yeah, you don't know the details. I don't know the details. Like, I don't want to be speculating and being like, well, what I think is happening is you're eating more calories than you're saying or anything like that. Because it's like, I wasn't there. Like, I, I don't know what, hap- what happened. Whereas in the research, it's like, well, every meal was provided. They had that. This is the outcome. Um, so, like, as a broad statement, it's basically being like either energy intake is underreported or energy expenditure is overreported is what what is typically happening in these cases and as a starting point i want to touch on is that often it is completely unintentional misreporting um a study that i really like to talk about in reference to this is a pretty old study but they got people who had been self-reported to be diet resistant as in they had tried to have 1200 calorie diets multiple times without losing any weight and they followed them and then did a 24 hour recall on them to they measured what they ate on that day. And then they measured what it was, what they said they ate and what they said they ate came out as 47% less calories than what they actually consumed. That's a really interesting starting point. Cause it's like, well, say they thought they were eating 1,200, they were eating 2,400 based on that kind of mathematics. But 
the thing that stands out to me with the unintentional aspect is that nobody got within 80% of what they were doing when they said what they were doing. That's where I come with it from the, the unintentional aspect being like, I truly believe in that sample size. There were people who tried to say everything they ate, but it didn't line up a hundred percent. And then like, that's obviously just a 24 hour period in the real world. We have a lot more going on. Like, Say I have birthday cake once every six weeks or something like that. If somebody asks me what I eat, I'm not going to say. Yeah, <laughs> like, you like, wouldn't mention that. I, would, I wouldn't think about it. I wouldn't mention it. It's also just like we'd be here all day if we went through everything. So like simply like reporting doesn't always line up with what is actually happening. But taking that out of it, I think one thing we can agree on with the model of thinking with calories in versus calories out is that based on this model, if somebody ate zero calories per day for weeks on end, we can agree as a starting point that they couldn't gain weight because the body is made up of calories. One kilo body fat, as mentioned in previous podcasts, is 7,000 to 8,000 calories. That couldn't be stored if we don't have calories coming in. So then the next step is surely we can agree that somewhere between zero calories per day and quote unquote low calories, the same logic would still hold true. Then the next step is it's like if the low calories, like let's use 1,200 calories or 800 calories or anything like that, not leading to weight loss was to happen within the model of calories in, calories out and everything like that, which is a model that we know exists. The only way that that can possibly happen if reporting is accurate and everything like that is if the body has down-regulated energy expenditure to the point that it matches it. But the body is always burning calories for a purpose. It doesn't just burn calories for no reason, which means it can also only downregulate so far. One thing that I say to a lot of people is that body fat just sitting there burns around four calories per kilo per day. Muscle burns around 12 calories or lean body mass on average burns about 12 calories per kilo per day. You put that together and I, I don't want to get the math wrong here, but like for like an 80 kilo person, that could be like 800 calories, just like those just existing. Just existing. And that's yeah. not something that downregulates when we go into a calorie deficit. Um, or downregulates that much. Other stuff can downregulate. Our heart rate can decrease, but it can't switch off. Our brain can decrease its function, but it can't switch off. Mm-hmm. We can we can breathe less, but we can't just stop breathing. All of these kind of things. Um, the body is burning calories for a reason, but it downregulates only so far. And we see this in in examples like Hashimoto's and stuff like that, where thyroid hormones are lower. That means certain functions are downregulated in the body, and that therefore reduces energy expenditure. But the highest reported cases that I've seen in the research is about a 15% reduction in total daily energy expenditure due to that. And they're getting pretty horrific symptoms because as I said, the body's not burning calories for no reason. In these cases where calorie expenditure is reduced, it is showing pretty horrific symptoms as well. Um, Yeah, I've gone on for a bit of a ramble with that. But basically, (laughs) basically, I think it's definitely worth talking about though. And I think with everything on social media where we do have people saying like nutrition coaches and whatnot do saying like, oh, you just need to eat more calories. Like that's why you're not losing weight. Like that's something I see all of the time. And it adds confusion to this when usually what those people are talking about is that you're not eating enough usually to manage your hunger cues in regards to food volume. Yeah. So that's a very different thing to actual calorie intake. Um, So I think everything you just ran through is super, super important to know. So let's jump into protein intake. So since the goal of fat loss is 
fat loss and not usually to lose muscle in the process. We're really looking at wanting to retain as much muscle mass as possible. So calories control what we weigh as an oversimplification. If the calories dictated that we lost say eight kilos overall, but one version focused on muscle retention with a high protein intake and the other didn't, then the body composition outcome at the end of the day would be different from that fat loss or weight loss phase. So one version could say lose eight kilos of body fat and zero kilos of muscle. That would be a great outcome if you lost like literally no muscle and all eight kilos of body fat. Um, To do that, you would have to have a nice high protein intake amongst other things. Um, But let's say the other person does the exact same thing, but, you know, not focusing on protein or muscle retention um, and they lose just five kilos of fat and three kilos of muscle. So looking at it from a fat loss perspective, like one is clearly better than the other um, when we're looking at body composition outcomes. Um, The reason that is oversimplified is because muscle and fat do contain slightly different amounts of calories though. So that is something to note. So technically the same size deficit would result in slightly different weight loss if we're thinking like fat loss versus muscle loss. Um, but I don't like to get too deep into that usually with clients. Like yeah. I think it's simpler just to like, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll add on to that. Cause like, I don't, this is helpful information, but I, I think it's interesting to know exactly what we're talking about with this. Like one kilo fat, as we've mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned this one, we've mentioned in the last one for sure, um, is made up of about 7,000 to 8,000 calories, right? One kilo of muscle is made up of about 1,200 calories, mm-hmm. but it's energetically expensive to create muscle. Like it takes about five times that amount of calories. That therefore means they both take about 7,000 calories roughly to create one kilo of them. Yeah. What about in a fat loss phase? Like if you're in a deficit and you were losing more muscle and muscle's only made up of 1,200, it is, it is a little bit different. Yeah. And I just prefer the simplified rule. Like I got this from like bodybuilding.com, but like a 500 calorie per day deficit results in one pound of weight loss per week or fat loss per week Mm -hmm. based on the understanding that one pound of body fat is made up of 3,500 calories. Yes. Converted to kilos, I just say 7,000 to 8,000. Yep. Same kind of concept, 500 calorie deficit equals around half kilo weight loss per week, assuming most of it comes from body fat. Assuming you're focusing on trying to maintain muscle and everything like that, you shouldn't be losing that much muscle and the concept still holds true. Totally. But that's why it's not that simple because it depends on what you're losing. It de- yeah, 100% depends on what you're losing. So yeah. Um, but either way, a good protein target to aim for is probably somewhere between 1.6 to 2.2 grams per kilo of total body weight per day. If you are super lean or if your deficit is quite a large deficit, then you could go a bit on the higher end of that. So more like the two to 2.2 grams per kilo. Um, but if you're not very lean, if you are carrying more body fat, because your protein needs are based on how much lean mass you have, you can probably go on the lower end of that spectrum. Um, so maybe more like the, maybe even like 1.4 to 1.6, if you're holding a significant amount of body fat, um, or have, you know, a, a lower amount of muscle mass to begin with. Um, so at the end of the day, if you can fall somewhere in there, that would be ideal just from a fat loss perspective. If you're in a deficit and your body composition um, goal is to lose fat, retain muscle, that's where you want to sit with your protein intake. Um, but at, like, at the end of the day, if those numbers are unrealistic for you, which sometimes they can be, like if you're trying to eat 1600 calories, sometimes getting 2.2 grams per kilo body weight of protein is not going to be realistic. So do what you can within that range, but just be consistent about it. 
Completely agreed. So the next one we'll talk about is carbs versus fat. A lot of people talk about the merits of low-carb diets. Some people talk about low-fat diets or just a calorie deficit in general. The honest truth is it doesn't matter that much. Like it, it just honestly, it just does not matter that much. Research has very, very clearly shown that in both controlled and uncontrolled settings, aiming for either a low-carb diet or a low-fat diet with the total amount of calories and protein matched comes out as the same outcome. They both result in the same amount of fat loss and muscle retention. That's awesome to know because it gives us a lot of personal preference. In amongst that, based on the research, I'm, I'm more of I'm mostly of the opinion as well that there's not even that much individual differences in terms of results as well in controlled settings and the personal preference and stuff like that comes more down to like what are you going to be able to stick to the most and also what do you feel the best on and everything like that. I found it interesting that in uncontrolled settings, the outcomes come out very similarly. Um, but that's also very, con- like it makes it easier as well because it's like, okay, you literally can choose because it's like, if in controlled settings where all the food was provided, it showed one thing, but in practice, one thing would, the other thing was easier or whatever, then you'd still want to choose that. But it's like, it doesn't really matter. One thing that's worth theoretically knowing is that carbs have four calories per gram. Fat has nine calories per gram. That's why in like the eighties and nineties, everyone was talking about low fat diets and making out that that was a big deal and everything like that. Um, because fat has more than double the amount of calories per gram, but it doesn't really matter that much in practice because of satiety and desire to eat people on low carb diets, higher fat diets seem to end up eating a similar amount of calories anyway, just because they might feel fuller per gram of fat, partly because it has more calories per gram as well. Going one step deeper with this, the only thing I really don't encourage is going super, super low fat for most people, just for hormonal reasons. Um, it can have implications for testosterone. It can have implications for the menstrual cycle and stuff like that. If you go really, really low, I don't think many people need to worry about that unless they're actively striving to cut out all fat sources from their diet, which it, it does happen occasionally. Like if people try to really clean up their diet and stuff like that, and they're just like trying to cut out all fat sources. But anything above, if somebody was tracking macros, anything above 0.4 grams per kilogram per day should be fine. Or a simpler way of saying that for most people is like above, say, 30 grams of total fat or 40 grams of total fat would be a good metric for most people. Anything beyond that is mostly personal preference. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I think like from a personal preference perspective, I prefer with a lot of my clients to take things very moderately on both sides and Mm. not go super, super low fat or super, super low carb unless they have a specific preference for it. Yeah. Um, Because we know that it just like doesn't matter or it might change day to day. It depends, but depending on food choices. I think so. Yeah. And I, particularly with plant-based diets and stuff like that, I just think it makes it easier knowing that it comes out the same because it's like, well, it's pretty hard to go low carb and be plant-based at the same time. A hundred percent. But even from a, like what I run into is people wanting to be low fat on a plant-based diet, but being, and that's really hard to meet all of your micronutrient needs because we know like nuts and seeds and all those things are great. Um, but also just making food taste good, being very, very low yeah. fat is quite difficult. Um, so yeah, personal preference is a big one there. Um, next topic we're going to cover is how do hormones fit into all of this? So we have discussed this in an, uh, in another episode in more detail, and that was episode 55. Um, it is a huge topic that totally deserved its own podcast. So if you're interested in learning more about how hormones play into say calories in versus calories out, um, definitely check that out, but we're going to go over kind of the cliff notes, short version, 
um, today. So basically the short of it is that hormones affect both calories in and calories out. So obviously there are so many hormones in the body that do all different kinds of things. Um, but one really good example is a decreased thyroid hormone. So like, I think we previously just talked about Hashimoto's. Um, so that is something that can reduce your overall energy expenditure. So it's literally changing that portion of the calories in versus calories out equation. Um, so it's it's already built in to, to that equation. Um, another one would be your, your appetite hormones. So like increased ghrelin could lead to an increased energy intake just due to being more hungry. So that is something that we will often see uh, people in calorie deficits, their ghrelin um, levels will increase and make them more hungry over time. So that's something that can affect the calories in portion of that. Um, so I think it's it's important to understand when we're looking at calories in versus calories out that hormones literally play a role in both sides of that. Um, so it's it can be a lot more in-depth and confusing than people usually think. Um, but we also see from a body composition perspective, even changes in things like um, like the sex hormones, like testosterone and estrogen can have a really huge impact on, on your body composition. Um, and that's, that's beyond calories in versus calories out. So hormones generally play a role in all of this. Um, insulin is another one. Insulin gets talked about a lot in yeah. fat loss. Um, and I know we have kind of a lot of opinions and, and stuff to talk about around that, which we talked more about in episode 55. Um, so insulin does play a role, but evidence from low carb versus low fat studies show the same fat loss when calories and protein are the same. Um, so that makes it clear that it's insulin is not the driving force yeah. behind all of this. Um, it's not something that's going to make or break your fat loss phase. Yeah, it's a complex one, hey, because like somebody listened to that podcast. They sent me a DM the other day. So they, they listened to that podcast and they're like, oh, yeah, so as you said, insulin's not a driving force or anything like that. But then they also sent me, I won't name who it is, but they send somebody who's not the most reputable like nutrition sure. um, kind of advice. But they um, they sent that through and they're like, but do you, do, you, do you agree that like insulin plays a role? And I do agree that insulin plays a role. It is a storage for hormone and it is involved in storing body fat and everything like that. But I think the key takeaway from those low carbon, low fat studies and everything like that with calories and protein matched is we probably just shouldn't think about it that much. Yeah. Like there is that Kevin Hall study that showed that they had the same total calories, different carbs, different fats. And the low fat group had 21% more insulin throughout the study than the low carb group, but they lost a tiny bit more body fat than the low carb group. And it's like an insignificant difference, but yeah. it's like, I wouldn't even consider it being like, even though it definitely plays a role in everything like that. It's just, there's so many other factors going into that, that it would be very silly to focus on insulin much at all, really based if we're just looking to lose body fat, I would focus on all these other variables that seem to matter a lot more. Totally. This has been episode 80 of the Ideal Nutrition Podcast. Next week will be our final episode of this little fat loss, Nutrition for Fat Loss series. Um, so hopefully you tune in for that. But otherwise, thanks for tuning in for this one.